saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Hello and welcome to For Fans Of, a recommendation podcast from Fansided Entertainment. I'm Shay Corrigan and joined today by our newly minted co-host, Bryce Olin. Bryce, welcome. Thank you. uh, This week we're going to be talking about three shows, The Undoing, Virgin River, and The Flight Attendant. Um, And we're very excited to get into it. Um, I first need to start by telling my undoing story, my personal undoing journey here. I first heard about The Undoing back when it was, you know, releasing trailers, getting that kind of buzz. It's an HBO miniseries starring Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. Um, it's from David E. Kelly, who did Big Little Lies, as well as like a million different like legal dramas, like Boston Legal, The Practice. And he's also got, I think, Big Sky on ABC right now. Uh, and it's directed by Susan Beyer, who did Bird Box and Night Manager. So it's like, it's got all these like, buzzy people around it. It's that like super uh, sleek HBO kind of drama about, you know, fabulously wealthy and messy, like rich white people committing crimes. Like it's, it's a lane that HBO likes. And so it's got all that going for it. And so it's like, all right, all right, you have my attention. And then the reviews started coming out and they were not great. They were like, this is, you know, it's not, not exactly must watch. So I filed that away. I was like, there are so many TV shows. I'm not going to get to it right now. And based on sort of like anecdotal buzz, I felt that was the consensus. And then last Sunday when it aired its finale, the sixth of uh, its six episode limited run, literally everyone on my timeline was either tweeting about the finale and like who killed Elena and like all this stuff. And then the second wave of tweets was the camp I was in, which was, I had no idea that this many people were watching this show. Like I thought it was like a couple people here having like shady, like, Oh, I'm watching, I'm watching this bad, you know, faux red herring murder mystery or whatever. It was everyone I could ever followed in my life was tuned into this. Uh, So that's where I was at. And then I, I immediately came out of that being like, all right, what am I missing here? So Bryce, what do you know about the undoing? Talk to me about your, your, place my yeah so i had no idea what the show was i missed all of the trailers i had never even heard of it i was just on hbo one day and was like eh all i heard about it on twitter like someone said the undoing i looked i saw i had nicole kidman and hugh grant and it was like very big little lies so i was like eh i'll give it a try and then um when it was sort of interesting i know i saw that i also looked up the reviews and was like is this worth it and it was like no, but I mean, what else did I have to watch? So that's basically how I got into it. Then like, I don't know, one episode leads into another, leads into another. It's just very like, I don't know. You want to know the whodunit, right? Like that's kind of why I start, or kept watching. Like I wanted to know who actually did it. So yeah, that's, that's basically it. <laughs> and I, so I feel like that's the key to like, not watching the show, but like accepting that like it's, it's a whodunit. But it also is, and I, this is like vaguely spoilery, but not really, because it's like, 
the book that it's based on is literally called you should have known and like <laughs> the whole arc is that like it kind of teases because it begins with nicole kidman's character who is this like super uh high profile fancy uh, couples therapist her husband hugh grant is uh, accused or a suspect in like a grisly crime and it spends its entire arc offering you other alternatives and like other things like who could have done it and like that's where like the you know propulsive plot comes from i was like oh what if it's this and like here's a new clue and here's a new thing and then it kind of circles back around to basically like like you shouldn't know like again i don't i i feel like if you are noticing this show because people are talking about it you probably like people were angry about the finale because like you should have known like it is who you think it is and Yet everyone that's like is watching it like has loved it, like loved it. And also what I think is really interesting is like they love that they hated it. Like there are parts where they're just like, like this show is so bad. Like <laughs> there are elements of it that are so over the top. And yet like that's what people are loving about it. Yeah. And like that's like it, I was kind of confused because I was like, what is this show? Is it just like super drama mystery like is that where we are we like psychological thriller like are we in like legal drama like it was kind of a mix of all of those in like different episodes and like you skip like huge chunks of time where you'd think that like stuff would happen but it like nothing actually happens in the show like that do you know what i mean like with that much time has passed like the characters like it flows from scene to scene but like it skips like a week and you're like what did the person do for that whole week? That's what I was thinking while I was watching this. Like, how did we get to this point? <laughs> yeah. I, I, another thing I think is interesting too, is that there are shows like this that like don't make sense or like, like another, I was listening to another podcast this morning, they were talking about it and they were saying <laughs> that um, in the pursuit of like offering all these other suspects, like, none of them make any sense as suspects. So you just kind of have to accept like <laughs> the nonsense of it all to even engage with it. Um, but there is this instinct, uh, I feel like, and I'm probably guilty of it too, of like looking for deeper meaning in prestige dramas in particular. And I, we referenced it um, with uh, the Queen's Gambit being, you know, analogous to a chess game and uncut gems being and i don't believe this one analogous to a basketball game where it's like that's what the people say (laughs) yeah where it's like it doesn't always have to be that deep and like after the undoing finale which was almost like objectively bad um (laughs) like there was a lot of this instinct to um you know like sort of find depth in it and I'm, I'm of the camp of like, sometimes we can just let a bad TV show be bad. Like it can still be fun and good to watch. Like we don't have, it doesn't always have to be that deep. Yeah. And like very expensive too. Like this is like very polished, good TV it, or like good drama, bad TV. Like there's not a lot of, it's, it's a bad story, but like the drama that's like injected in this, that's like what you sign up for when you watch. That's like the only reason I think that everyone is paying attention. So I, I totally agree. Let's just like, I don't know, let it be bad. Let it, it'll probably get like nominated for a bunch of awards now that like everyone's talking about it and watching it. That seems to, <laughs> that, that usually happens. Well, it's going to get, it's definitely going to get nominations for Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant, who 
Nicole Kidman, I feel like I can talk about a bunch as well, whereas like she's in this like TV lane where she's kind of playing the same character, but we all love it. So we let it go. Uh, but Hugh Grant is the more interesting thing. And uh, GQ had an article about this recently, how he's on this run of like turning heel and just like being villains. And like, it begins with like Paddington and like, <laughs> which sidebar, I love those movies, but uh, yeah. he, he was this like rom-com star. And now he's kind of taking that sort of instinctual, like we all think of him as this like charming love interest and then like playing these like truly awful people that like manipulate that charm to be evil. And like, I love that for his career. Like I love to quote Shits Creek. I love that journey for him. So. Yeah. And it's weird too. Cause like, that's like why I feel like that's part of like the like thing with this show. Like, you know, Hugh Grant at no point in the whole show was I like, this is not Hugh Grant. Right. Like, yeah. and so I'm like thinking like, Oh, he could be, he could be the good guy. Right. Like, he's great in love actually <laughs> like he's a great person no uh so like i think that that's part of it too and i think that if he i really like the journey that he's on as well i think that it could be, be even let's go even darker next time <laughs> right um and quick plug for anyone enjoying the uh hugh grant villainous turn a very english scandal is i believe on prime and it's another one where you you'll spend like I don't even know if it's the complete first episode, but you'll you'll think maybe this is like supposed to be a charming Hugh Grant lead, uh, and then you'll realize very much no. <laughs> uh, and I also really like Donald Sutherland in this. Like he was yeah. the Nicole Kidman was great. Like like you said in this role that like she's sort of done before, but like is really good at. So you're just like I'll have more, please. But Donald Sutherland, he was the one that was like hmm. Okay, I, I like this guy. I like this character. He might have done it. He may, maybe he did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're we're coming in with like a um, well. Okay. What we on a scale of like weak to strong? How where's your recommendation at? Like a five. Like okay. if you if you like these kind of shows, then like a ten. Like if you <laughs> are like in on this genre, I'm not super into the genre. I get like kind of bored with like. I'll pay attention at the beginning. I, f I finished this one, but like, there's too many of these shows that I've been like, I don't even care anymore. If they do something that like, I'm like, mm, I could not watch this ever again. So that's why I would go right down the middle. I wouldn't say don't watch it because I think it's very shiny. It's fun. If you want to get into this world, I don't love some of the elements, but it is what it is. What about you? What do you think? I, well, I haven't watched it yet. And I'm, I'm currently on that sort of border of like, I think, I think this is going to be a pass for me. I think I would just like rewatch Big Little Lies if that's what I was going for. Yeah. Um, but I like, I like the, the, the gentle recommendation with the big caveat, like you said, good drama, bad TV. Like, let's <laughs> not make this more than it needs to be. But if it's what you're looking for, you're going to have a great time. Yeah. It, it's weird because like you, we get a lot of these shows that, like, I feel like they feel like a thing while they're on. And then once they're off, like, you kind of just, like, forget that they even existed. And, like, we just move on to the next one. <laughs> like, and I think that HBO, like, I don't know how many people were watching, like, weekly. But, or how many people tuned in, like, week four or five or whatever. But I think that probably more people than were, like, on this train from the beginning. Yeah. And somehow they all ended up there by the finale, which was the great twist for me. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you all come from? 
Oh, I know. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about something entirely different. Virgin River. All right. And we're back. So we are going to move swiftly along. I promise we're going to end this show with the show I've actually seen. But I <laughs> know nothing about Virgin River except it keeps popping up in my top 10 um, and everywhere on Netflix Live. So pitch me on Virgin River. Tell me what's going on there. Yeah. So Virgin River surprisingly is like one of the top shows on Netflix. I don't think that like many people like this shows on like many people's radar. Um, season two just came out on November 27th and I watched the show. I think the first season came out last December. I, w- I was a little bit late because I don't know, Virgin River did like, there was no, almost no like promotion for it or anything. And then all of a sudden it's just like, everyone's talking about it. So I hopped on the train, started watching Basically, so the, it's a book series. Uh, the show's based on a book series by Robin Carr. Apparently, there's a ton of these uh, books. Um, so I, I don't know anything about the books. I don't know how close the show goes into it. But basically, it's a small town drama. We've got um, Alexandra Breckenridge, who I think uh, most people recognize from like This Is Us. She plays a character in that show. Um, and then uh, she is a like... LA nurse who moves to this like small California town um, sort of running from her past, which you find out over the course of like two seasons, everything that's happened to her. Um, But it's a little bit Gilmore girls. It's a little bit uh, like with more, it has some crime in it. It's, it's a very weird, it's a, I don't even, I was calling it a feel good drama before, but it's not, it's more just heartfelt. I would say, um, but yeah, so she moves to this small town. She starts working as a nurse practic- practitioner at this like doctor's office, which the doctor's office is like two hours from the closest hospital. So everyone in the town comes to this like doctor's office that's literally in an old house. It's very like, I don't even know, like it's a very interesting time period show. Like you'd think <laughs> that there would be a doctor's office that's actually a doctor's office. But anyway, I'm losing, I'm, uh, I'm getting off topic now. But yeah, it's good if you like uh, feel good, heartfelt dramas. Yeah. All right. So I'm glad you mentioned Virgin Rivers release date because I had in my head that this season, the first season, like it was introduced to us in 2020. And I don't know if it's just that this is the longest year on record, but I was like, I can't believe it's happening again. Is this deja vu? Didn't we just go through it? And like with Netflix, it's always tough because you have when it's released and then you have when people watch it. So it's possible that Virgin River was like part of like the run this summer of just like a bunch of teen and otherwise uh, escapist dramas that people were diving really into. Uh, so that that helps me place it a little bit. I also my sort of exposure to Virgin River was through um, <laughs> the CW show Heart of Dixie, which I did not watch when it was on the air. I did like crush it in the last three weeks or so because. Um, mostly because I kept seeing Virgin River being compared to it and people being like, this is like Netflix take on Heart of Dixie. And I think they even have whoever plays the doctor that she works for plays like the exact same role in both shows. Um, and so I was very intrigued by this and I got sidelined on my way to Virgin River by being like, oh my gosh, I I should watch Heart of Dixie. And then from there, um, a little popped up and it was like this show leaves Netflix on December 14th and so I was like I dropped everything else <laughs> and binged that but I I am very intrigued where did you say where it's set because I loved I loved Herb Dixie being in the south 
Yeah, this is like, I believe, Northern California, but um, it's filmed in Vancouver or around Vancouver, Canada. So it's like one of those shows where like, it doesn't totally match like the settings uh, yeah. of where it's set, but it's still like, there's not that many scenes. It's I don't know. It's a weird show because it like, it's almost like multi-cam sitcom style. Like there's only a couple locations. Like they have like the bar in town. They have like the medical practice. She has her house. There's a couple houses of like the people that are in the town that they help out. There's some like outdoor, but it's all very, there's a coffee shop. Like it's all like remotely, uh, like there's only a few locations. So it's just kind of, it's one of those shows. Like you're going to like the characters. Um, the acting is actually surprisingly good. Like with like a cheesy show like this, you know, like it's almost like a soap opera. So yeah. like you think that the acting would be like a little over the top, but they play it like straight, which is sort of refreshing for like a romantic drama like this. I kind of love the idea of Netflix getting into like soft soaps, like not like hardcore daytime, but just like, I mean, even we've talked about it with The Crown, where, like, The Crown is a little soapy, but it's, like, prestige soap. And, like, Netflix just yeah. carves out this niche of, like, shows where it's, like, we know we're walking that line. It's, like, a, it's a, it's not a hard, hard soap opera, but it's, it's a soft soap. I, I kind of love that for Netflix. Yeah, and it's, like, it's the perfect, like, I don't know if this show, like, you mentioned Heart of Dixie, which was, like, I believe the CW, right? So that, I don't know if this show works, like, on any other network, because you I don't think that people would like follow week to week and there's just really no like you could put it on like Lifetime or like Hallmark or whatever but it doesn't even go it's not like that far down like the soap soapy <laughs> cheesy genre line like it's more um I don't know Sweet Magnolias is another show on Netflix that's like very similar that's yeah. also set in the south so that's more part of Dixie but yeah it, like there's definitely potential here for like taking romantic book series and just turning them into Netflix shows that run forever. And uh, I think that this is like the start kind of, of that. There's not very many shows like it on Netflix right now. And so I think that people are super, super into it when it comes out. The problem is you have to wait like a year after you binge watch the series in like a day, right? Uh, well, now we've got two seasons to watch. What's interesting yeah. about your comment about like Lifetime, um, is that like I immediately brought to mind you, which like began and aired on either Lifetime or a channel like Lifetime and was very well <laughs> watched. And then it really like, like you said, like it was, Netflix was the right network for it because you kind of need it all at once to like really experience. Like it's not exactly a show that you would follow week to week. Um, and then like Netflix did its second season and things like that. I'm, I've got my eyes on Dare Me, which was, also Lifetime, I think, uh, and aired in January of this year. Um, and like critics liked it, like I enjoyed it and nobody really watched it, but I think like that's my pick for like a December surprise show. Um, and I, I think it would absolutely sort of fall into, it's got like a little bit more, it's a little bit darker and more murdery, um, but it, it, it's very much that sort of what you're describing there. Minus not so heartwarming, but. <laughs> Yeah, and that's also fun. It, that, so this start this show like starts like it feels like it's gonna be like heartwarming. Like you're gonna be like, oh, this is gonna be great. Uh it's just like two people getting together. But then they continue this like will they, won't they for like now we're at two seasons. Uh, but 
then it like takes a turn like halfway or like I guess sort of at the end of season one you're like oh they're gonna go there and then season two you're like oh we're really going like this is like this might be like a like a romantic crime drama by season three it's gonna be interesting to see what happens that's amazing and I I guess I it, that I think of all the things you've said so far is the most interesting to me because like how do you make that pivot of like <laughs> we're starting all rom-commy and then we're gonna get dark and we're gonna just commit to the darkness uh, yeah it's a bold and, choice yeah and it's one of those weird because like the town kind of almost is like a character too like you have like Riverdale <laughs> or like Stars Hollow right like yeah. with more girls in Riverdale uh and then same thing with Virgin River like there's in like another world like this series could like go full into the darkness and like would be so much more entertaining for like someone like me but like yeah. for an audience like it just gives you like a little glimpse I get a little taste of like what this show could be uh with like the small town crime drama I I'm envisioning like we've got the Heart of Dixie reference the Sweet Magnolia's reference but now I'm also getting like Ozark and part of me is just like what does Sweet Magnolia's meets Ozark look like and I feel like I'm going to have to watch that. <laughs> it's sort of like, it's, it leans more sweet Magnolias, but definitely the Ozark, there's some, there's, yeah, they're moving drugs. There's <laughs> people dying. There's uh yeah. So it's going on, but it's just like, we just escape from all of that and go like focus on like someone making apple pie or whatever, or like <laughs> drinking coffee next to the weird river. <laughs> Oh man, why why is the river weird? <laughs> I don't know. It's just very small. Like I don't know. Like it just seems like a weird place to like have like a full town virgin river. I don't know. Oh, so it, then, uh, like, the, it does the like Riverdale thing where like the next town over in Riverdale is called like Greendale. Well, the next town over in Virgin River is called like Clear River. So it's like, um, where are all of these rivers? Why are they all like <laughs> I don't know. It's probably like geographically accurate. I don't know. <laughs> I hope someone like gets in the Netflix life mentions about in defense of Northern California or Vancouver rivers. Like actually I think there's a very powerful and, you know, sources that fuel our economy or whatever. Yeah. Defend the rivers. I know. Oh, well, sorry. I apologize if anyone's offended. It just, it seems like to call the show Virgin river and then like name the whole town after the river. I was expecting it to be like, I don't know, less small. <laughs> Is it more of a creek? <laughs> it feels like more of a creek. I'm probably wrong, though. I'm too into all the other drama than, like, the, like I don't know, geographic locations or, like, landscape, the terrain. Well, now we're just adding to the list of reasons that I want to watch this show because now I need to see what this river looks like yeah. <laughs> and judge it based on my own uh, experience seeing and being on rivers. Yeah, I'm sure people will, like, go and visit wherever this tiny river is because uh, they like the show. That's the thing that people do, I think. Well, once like COVID's over and you can actually go to Canada, Canadians can do it. <laughs> they can do it right now. Go, yeah. go to the Virgin River near you. <laughs> All right, well, I'm in. Uh, we're going to take another quick break and then shift gears to talk about a new HBO Max show. All right, so we're back. The show that I, uh, in addition to Heart of Dixie, as I just mentioned, uh, got totally uh, enamored and swept up in over Thanksgiving break was The Flight Attendant, which is out on HBO Max. They released the first three episodes all at once um, on Thanksgiving of last week. 
And this was a show that I was skeptical about going in. It's I've seen all the promos, which it stars uh, Kaylee Cuoco as a flight attendant who is living like a life of, you know, jet setting, glamour, partying and having fun all over the world in her career as a flight attendant, um, which quick sidebar, it makes being a flight attendant look extremely glamorous, which I certainly hope it still is for those in the profession. But I feel like based on my personal knowledge of uh, air travel these days, people aren't that nice to flight attendants and we really should be. Anyways, that was unnecessary, but so she's a flight attendant final round um, and she has a fling with uh, first class guests. And when she wakes up, he has his throat slit in the bed next to him, blood everywhere. Uh, and so the show follows her sort of response to that and sort of unraveling the conspiracy of his murder and everything else around that. Uh, it's very fun. It's like very upbeat and like very high energy. And it's also edited in a really interesting way where it uses almost Zoom-esque like boxes and split screens a lot to show things at different times. And it's just, it's probably not like the most avant-garde thing in the world, but it's new. And it's like something that I feel like I haven't seen a lot of shows use before. Um, and Kaylee is great in it. It also stars, um, Mikhail Hausman, who is my number one favorite. Oh, it's that guy, guy. You may remember him from 2014 when he was in Game of Thrones, Orphan Black, um, a Chanel ad, Nashville. Like he was just popping up everywhere. Uh, and he still is. He was in Hill House recently as well. Um, I, I recognize yeah. the name. I was like, that sounds familiar, but who is yeah. that? <laughs> He's got a recognizable name, uh, like, like, oh, it's that guy, and a very recognizable face and beard, and you're like, oh, it's that guy. Um, so when he came on this, and like I, having once identified him as, oh, it's that guy, like I do know his name now, but I still feel like he's very much in that niche of, oh, it's that guy, and I love that for him. Anyway, so he's in the show, um, playing my, another favorite trope of mine, which is the, like, conscience ghost. He is, and you got this from the trailer, the murdered guest, but he sticks around like he's credited on all eight episodes of the season and he's just there like giving her like helping her solve his murder and also like answering questions in her like flashbacks and conscience very fun um but yeah so like, i was just it was much like the undoing a show that i'd heard about and it was kind of like eh, whatever and then i was like scrolling hbo max and I was like oh, i guess i'll watch this and was just totally surprised with how like energetic and um, just fun it is. And I, I I do have to caveat, like the last time I reacted to a show like this was HBO's run, which then took like a hard nosedive after like the fourth or fifth episode. That could happen to the flight attendant too. I don't, anytime you're dealing with like a murder mystery conspiracy, it can get off the rails. Like we need to put that out there. Um, so, so I may regret this in a couple of weeks, uh, but so far I am all in. Yeah, what went so I don't know anything about the show. I haven't seen the trailer. I just looked at the cast though, and it has a solid cast. So like what would you compare this show to? Like, is there like another show like it that like you can help me frame this? That's a good question. I feel like the answer should be yes, but I'm also drawing a blank on it, which <laughs> is perhaps another reason why it's it's fun to watch right now. I think. I know I mentioned it when I was listening off uh, Mikhail's various credits, but it's actually kind of orphan blacky where it's like you have this woman who is kind of her life is kind of all over the place and ends up 
getting sucked into this conspiracy that she has to sort of solve. And it's really interesting, I think, too, in the way that it deals with um, Hayley Cuoco's characters. Like, she has a very, you know, hard partying lifestyle, which is introduced as like part of this glamour. Like part of the reason she doesn't know how he was murdered was that she was blackout drunk. Um, And then like pieces of it come back and like it handles, it walks a bit of a tightrope with that content, but it handles it well, where it's most of the show is like very like high energy and fun. And there's a lot of like fun, like physical comedy where like Coco like knocks things over in like any room she's in. Uh, but it's also very serious about that, like substance abuse and unraveling the elements of like how her lifestyle, I guess, like made her like not like an easy mark, but it contributed to all this. Um, so that was really interesting. And I think, oh man, in the course of a conversation, I could come up with a better, like another uh, comparative one. But it is, it is not like anything that I've seen recently the way that like when we were talking about the undoing it was like immediately i can give you three shows that the show is like i'm not having that with the flight attendant it seems like from what you mentioned like sort of like girl on the train i think that that's Mm. like just from like the like party lifestyle well i guess it's like different like substance abuse (laughs) (laughs) and then like uh kind of that's how we get into the story here uh in like, I don't know. That's just one that popped into my head as you were describing it, which I have not seen. So I don't know if that's true or not. I think the big difference there is that um, Girl on the Train is more like tonally like a Gone Girl where it's, it's yeah. you know, monochromatic and dark. Like the flight train is like very bright and like the energy is very high and it's, which is, I don't, this just popped into my head, but like maybe Revenge uh in which it like there's it's not like a revenge motivated thing but like that same kind of like yeah um almost like network tv buoyancy and then like also fairly dark subject matter uh and that it's like gruesome that this guy has like yeah. throat slit and there's blood everywhere um but i yeah. saw that um greg berlanti is a producer so yeah. this is part of the berlanti universe uh so I think that should be a good, like he, I think he produces you as well. Um, mm, yeah. But yeah, we just talked about that lifetime and Netflix. Uh, so maybe, I don't know, there might be some parallels there or something. Yeah. And it's also like, what's really interesting to me with uh, the lead with, I, I, did you watch the big bang theory? I have seen episodes, not a huge fan though. So me neither. I, did not watch it consistently. Anytime it was on where I was like flipping channels or something, like it was a show that I almost like, how fast can I find the remote to turn off? Just cause like, it wasn't really my kind of humor. I yeah. wasn't really into it. Um, and then it kind of became like, it is, I think even fans can appreciate or acknowledge that like, it kind of became like the punching bag sitcom of the internet. Like nobody was happy when it won awards. Like nobody was, it, it was just easy to sort of like knock on it. And I think, and so I always associated her with that. Like, I know she was on, um, I believe it was It's Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter, which is a very dated reference, but I think she was on that show. Uh, but was quickly surpassed with like, oh, like she's the woman from Big Bang Theory. And so I kind of never really took her seriously. I, to me, in my mind, Jim Parsons was like the, the actor on that show that 
fell into the category of like, like you can't judge him by that show where it's like he sort of quickly ended up walking this line of being like very like appreciated and critically acclaimed as an actor in drama and then also just like shelled and you're like oh like I know one of these allows the other one to happen like those big bang paychecks are probably why you can take whatever project you want to but yes <laughs> it was just like a weird duality and I think to her credit like she's gonna might be taking the crown here where I and again on HBO Max I she also voices Harley Quinn in the Harley Quinn series animated series which I loved and between that and this I'm like I think I need to not give her a chance because I have already given her a chance, but like I need to give her more credit for being, I need to not hold Big Bang Theory against her for the rest of her career because every time I see her in something now, I am just delighted. And it's funny too, because like that's what you do. I don't, at least what I do. Like it's really hard for me to see someone like, I guess Steve Carell is like a horrible example because he's like <laughs> very, very good at what he does. But like immediately after The Office, right? You were like, Hmm, can he do different stuff? Because like at that time he had done like 40 year old virgin and then like the office, right. Which was yeah. like the same. He played, it's a very similar character. So seeing her branch out like that, it'll be interesting to see like what this leads to. Like, will she, is she going to be like the person we look back at like the big bang theory and be like, Oh, that was, it was her. <laughs> she was the one. I also appreciate that this, like the fighter is funny too. Like she's a, she's allowed to still be like funny and it's not like she's doing like a like a hard turn to be in like a serious dramatic yeah. actress which she might be capable of as well like it very much like lets her be again as someone that like wrote off big bang theory her and it's style comedy like i think it gives her a lot to work with and like showcases her comedic skills which is nice for someone that, like me, never intends to watch Big Bang Theory. She's like, oh, like, she's funny. She's got good timing. She's got good, like, physical presence there. Um, and I can now know that with her without having to go back and watch Big Bang Theory. So that's a win for me. <laughs> yeah, and you said these are, like, these are weekly episodes, yeah? They are. So they released the first three all at once. Um, they come out on Thursdays. Oh, okay. Interestingly, they only gave the first four uh, out to critics at all. So everybody is experiencing the week to week. And I want to say it's 10 total. So I think it's got us through like roughly the end of the year. Right. Interesting. Eight, maybe. I wonder if that means there's a big twist. Right. Probably. That happens. <laughs> right. With murder and conspiracy. I feel like that's that's bound to be there and it also so far like isn't too twisty where it's like there are a couple there's like an ominous corporation and you know everyone in her orbit like she's got a really fun like the flight crew that she works with is really fun and like a strong supporting cast there uh the guy i know we talked about grays in the past on the show the guy that plays um I don't remember his name on either. I'm, I know I'm confusing his real life name and his um, character name. Um, O'Malley is, I think, his character's last name. Okay, I don't. I'm not a huge Grace oh, yeah. fan either. I actually, I can't. I can't do medical dramas. It's like I can do gore in like horror movies and stuff, but like in medical settings when they're like doing the surgeries and stuff, I'm like. Mm. Okay, I need to leave. I can't. When they like cut it out and they'll also like turn it orange first. It's gross. Uh, anyways, he's on it. He plays her brother. Um, 
so but everybody is like kind of it's one of those shows where like everyone no one is as they seem or like they all kind of have like little things in their past so i i could see why they would want to keep you know the episodes but it doesn't raise the stakes of like is this gonna is whatever that twist is going to like ruin the show or make it uh bad i'm really optimistic that it won't just because it's it's a lot of fun and it's it feels almost like the anti-undoing just just like bringing this all full circle where it's like the undoing was like a show you've seen a zillion times before it's not even that good but you're like you're compulsively driven to watch it by the mystery and wanting to know even though you know you're not gonna like how it ends and like the flight attendant is much more like yeah there's a murder mystery it's a whodunit there's a conspiracy but it's presented in a way that isn't what you've seen before. It's like a different kind of sort of like tone and vibe. You're still hooked by that who, like, I want to know who it is. I want to know, you know, who that person was or what their involvement is. Um, but my feeling is it leaves you, if the undoing is ultimately at its like, heart, like a hate watch, I think the flight attendant is like a pure fun watch. That reminds me kind of of Dead to Me. Um, we're like, do you, is that an okay comparison? Yeah, We're like, I like physical. I was like, I think that's a good. <laughs> <laughs> Something bad happened. We care, but like also we could just watch Christina Applegate and um, gosh, what's her name? Yes, just let him just like I don't know yeah. interact on screen. If it's great, if it's like fun, but it's also horrible at the same time. Considering yeah, there are, like serious elements of it, but it's handled in a way that's like it's still an enjoyable timed enjoyable watch yes that's a, so i'm definitely going to watch this now it's on my list now that i want the undoing i need something better <laughs> it's going to be a nice like palate cleanser to that i think where it's like oh uh, yeah something yeah something i don't want to say better because i haven't seen the undoing and i don't like to like judge too harshly on shows that i haven't seen but um uh, mm-hmm. it, it has to be better it has to be <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's our show. We've got three recommendations for you. The Undoing, if you want good drama, bad TV, Virgin River, if you want Ozark meets Sweet Magnolia, and The Flight Attendant, if you want something fun and mysterious and funny. With that, we will wrap it up for this week and talk to you next week with more fans of. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.